Hallelujah, hallelujah. God has an awesome presence. If you just yield yourself to him. He just wants to love on us today. If you just yield yourself to him. He wants to just come into your tabernacle. He wants you to sup with you. And he wants to just mingle with you. And he wants to be intimate with you. He wants to wrap his arms around you and say that he loves you today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You want to come in and bring about a change in your life and your way of thinking. You want to change how you're seeing today. Glory to God. Allow him to bring about a different perspective in your sight and how you're seeing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's doing something new in our life. He's teaching us how to die. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, we want to keep on living the way that we've been living. But he said, you must die. But those who would follow me, you must die. Hallelujah. We have to die to self. He's going to teach us today how to die. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's, and the initial is painful death. It's the initial, the onset of it is painful. But when you just yield and surrender to what he's called you to do, he's called you to die. He's called you to die. Die to yourself. Die to your way of thinking and your conduct and behavior. Die to your desires. He said, then follow me. Glory to God. You may be seated in heavenly places. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, he's a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. If we could just get past, saints, our life, you could see how wonderful he is. If we could just get past what we want to do and how you feel, you could experience the goodness of God. The true goodness of God. Not what you've been taught, but the true goodness of God. The reality of the goodness of God. He said, if you could just get past your life. If you could just be a visitor at your own funeral. He said, if you would just come to your own death today. He said, you could actually see me. If you could say your final goodbyes to yourself and what you really want to do. He said, then you could see me. He said, these are your adultery ways. These are your idols, your life. These are your desires. This is why you don't desire me. This is why you, you become bored with me. And I become a routine, a way of doing things. He said, today, I'm going to teach you how to die. So you can really experience my power and really enter my presence. See, 
We have a false conception that we've been in the presence of God. Some been saved for years and been deceived that you've been in the presence of God. He said, but if you have not died to self, you never entered my presence. As he said, flesh cannot dwell in the presence of the Lord. Flesh, Pastor, is idolatry. That's what flesh is. See, we're thinking it's our natural flesh, but your flesh is your idolatry, your desires. Your desires, these are the works of the flesh. This is why it's a spiritual thing. It's not carnal. It's not a fight with your fist. He said, you have to die to yourself. Otherwise, you cannot enter my presence or experience my power. John 15, 13 says, greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command. And he commands us to die today. Greater love have no man than this. Greater love. See, you do a lot of things where you think is love. He said, but no, no greater love than this is that I lay down my life for you. He said, I command you to do the same thing because I'm your friend. I command you to lay down your life and die because there's no greater love. You can't experience this love until you die. And this is a command from God. And living by these command means that we have to put to death our desires. This is what you have to put to death, your desires. Even on the, one of our most holy days of dedication, some of us decided there was somewhere else more important to be. And to do that, that means that this person has not died to their desires. Because your desires outweigh what God has commanded for you to do. And he commanded that you die to your desires. This is how, Pastor, I'm on, I had a, I've been in some conversation with God. Why, Lord, for those who are called by your name can't seem to live the life that they say that they're living? Why, why don't they love you? Why don't they comply to the ordinance of your word? Why is this no fear? I, this thing been dealing with me for a while when it says that we rob from God. When we don't give our tithes and often, this has been something I've been dealing with God for at least 30 days. 
because I have never seen so many brass saints that can come before or act like they're coming before God and they have robbed from him. That's very brash. That's very dangerous. Is that you would rob from the creator. He said, not only have you robbed from me, he said, but you've robbed this whole nation. I said, the, the Christians, they have no fear in how they treat you. You're not robbing from me. He said, you're robbing from God. How is there no fear? How do we call ourselves a saint? It's simply because we have not died to our desires. Because you have a strong desire in your flesh that calls you to rob from God. He commands us to do a lot of things. He commands us to come to the gathering. He commands us to love. He commands this appointed time to be with the other saints. But we can just, because of our desires, because we have not died, we can decide, I'm just tired. I don't feel like going. Wow. Wow. Apostle John says this, he must increase, but I must decrease. Apostle John says, he must become what's most important, and I must become what's least important. Apostle John is saying that in order for me to grow, I must die. He must increase. He must be prominent in my life. I must lose all fame in who I am so that he can increase. My life must become all about him and nothing about me. How I feel, what I want, what I don't want. Death will give you access to the presence of God in the power of God. Submitting your will to him and realizing you are dead. So when does death begin? When does death really begin? See, there's not a reality that you're dead. This is why the old man, the fallen man, still lives and thrives in you even this very moment. So when does death begin? Let's even talk about it naturally. Well, scientifically, the moment a child come into the, comes out of the womb, it screams because the brain cells, millions and billions of brain cells die. Scientifically, 
when a child is born, this is a scientific fact, that when a child is born, says that the child screams because thousands and also billions of brain cells die. Nothing coming to the earth without coming through death. Jesus had to die to self to come to the earth. When you were born again, you had to die to live. So this is, let's go to the spiritual aspect. See, we're thinking that we are, I have to die. You're dead. It's a quote here. We have not to die. We are dead. We have not to die. We are dead. For those who are born again, we are dead. What we have to do is to accept our death. This is what we have not accepted. We have not accepted our death in the baptism of Christ. Give you a real experience for me. When I got baptized, because it took, it seemed like, I'm like, Lord, you know, why isn't this thing just easy? Can I just go up and, you know, say, come into my life, this is it. But because we're holding on still to our life, the process is long. Instead of just giving up the ghost and saying, not my will, but thy will, the death process is long. Instead of you dying, you're being tortured and tormented. For me, after I finished praying over me, I, I still see it was a part of me that I didn't, I just didn't want to die. I did not want to die. And I was, a part of me just was just saying, just say Jesus. At one point, I couldn't even say Jesus. I figured I'd say his name one more time, I would have to die. I thought about the things I still wanted to do that I didn't want to give up. I, I was thinking about my desires. This means that when I come to Christ, I really have to give up my desires. And my desires start to scream back at me. But when they got finished praying for me, it, took, it, it was literally three hours. Three hours. Took up the whole service. But when I decided to just, when I made the choice to die, and I said, I want this to be real, because I've heard of so many fake Christians I said, I want this experience to be real. And I want you, I, see, I set a criteria with God. I said, I want you to show me that this is real. I want you to give me a sign. I need to know that this is you. Because I want this to be permanent. He put me down in the water. But when I stepped into the water, I saw my shallow grave. 
I saw a shallow grave. I saw my death. I saw me stand or step into my grave. And when they laid me down in the water, I was laid in my grave. And when they brought me up, I came up speaking in tongues. And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to figure this out. They didn't want to give me instruction on what to do, this is what you do next. And I still doubted that experience because it was so many fake Christians. It's just real. It's just, it's just a tongue of the devil. Because he spoke first. Before I spoke in true tongues, the enemy spoke first. And I almost bit off my own tongue. I'll see. The devil speaks in tongues. Tongues of the devil. I need to know, Father, is this your language? I don't want to be deceived anywhere on my walk. And he met me right at my criteria. So when I, my initial first week of trying to read the Bible, I couldn't read it in English. I read it in tongues. Scared me to death. I'm closing the word up. So I opened up again to speak. I was in the gospel, couldn't read it in English. For an entire week, that's how I read the Bible. In tongues. There has to be some criteria as to your are you being authentic as a Christian. First criteria, you must die. You must die. We need to accept our death and testify here in this to the fact that I've accepted God's position for me and that my position in him is to die. Namely that in the cross, I've been brought to an end. See, you have to be brought to an end. Dina has to be brought to an end. It has to be an end for you, Sam. It has to be an end to Sam. of who you know yourself to be, you must be brought to an end. See, you have not been brought to an end. This is why you can't walk in your purpose. Because it's still you. You can, you can operate in your giftings. Everything is there, but it's still you. You must die. To really experience the power and the presence of God, you must come to an end. Pastor, you, you ready to pounce back there? Go ahead. You good? We got to understand this, Pastor. If we don't come to an end of ourselves, you never reach your purpose or destiny in this world. 
Yes? Because that is true because you, you only have a portion mm-hmm. instead of the fullness of what you're supposed to be walking in. And the fullness of how you're supposed to see in your perspective of God in your relationship. You need to see the fullness of it. We have to get past the re- reality of death and life. The essence of death is the absence of life. The essence of death is the absence of life. There's no, there's no function of you anymore. There's no function. There's no life. You no longer exist. Spiritually die to self. You cease to exist. Self cease to exist. Self no longer have any preeminence over the new life. Of me being happy. The things I want to do. Center around, centering things around me. You're no longer the focal point and what you're experiencing, what you're going through, and what you're feeling. You're no longer the center of your life. See, but pride will cause you not to die. Pride calls you not to die. Because pride won't allow you to give up your will. This is your life. What will it hurt if you not go to the gathering Tuesday or Sunday? I mean, what see 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 what pride does talks to itself. That's the strong, because it it relates to your will, self, self-will. The goal of death to self is daily cross-bearing, and that is your fellowship with Christ. This is why you need all these feedings. After all the feedings you get, you still somehow... Still have a desire still not to serve God, don't we? Sometimes. Okay. That's only because if you keep up with your feedings, you stay hungry. If you keep up with your feedings, you stay hungry for the word. But if you don't keep up with your feeding, you're no longer hungry for the word of God. If you don't come to Tuesday, every other Friday and Sunday, every service, you would lose your hunger for the word of God. 
If you're not at home reading and studying the Word of God, see, then you have to study it throughout the week because you, you lose your consciousness that you're dead. Go ahead. And self will, then, then, then the fallen again. state of man will awaken again. That lower nature. That lower nature. As a believer, we must seek God. You must every day seek God. Amen. Not a person, a place, or a thing, but every day you must seek God and make him your all in all. It's easy to fall away from the presence of God when you get back to self. Mm. I mean, on fire for God. Full of the word. And somehow we can just become real empty. Forgot how to pray. Okay. Forgot your language. Okay. Don't believe. Dying to ourselves is something that we Christians find hard to do. We find it hard to die to self. But this Christian life, this is an ongoing process, dying to self and living for Christ. Dying for self and living for Christ. But as the fallen humanity, we are hardwired to seek our own will. The fallen man, we, I mean, you're wired. As a fallen man, you're wired to seek your own will above all else. We want our way in life. And we have a tendency to see things only from our point of view. See, a lot of things, I, I truly believe this. There are some practical things in the word of God, and they're spiritual. We just can't see the Practicality in the word of God. Meaning, how to think. How you should be thinking. And when you're thinking wrong. And how you should think right. It's, it's all in the word. It's just been preached to you wrong. So I can only go to the word for spirituality. But he tells you how to live practically in this word. He teaches you how to have a sound mind. He teaches you how to be healthy. Naturally and spiritually, tell you how to eat. Tell you how to take care of yourself. How to live. He tells you how, how to have a good marriage. It's, it's marriage counseling is in there. I mean, the psychology is in there. I mean, all is in there. We just been preached to wrong. Okay. Word not working. Man by nature is very much self-centered and self-interested in self. Exactly. We're not born to be good. We're not born to be other-directed, self-directed. 
as good as we think we are, you're not going to be good. The two things that keep us from God, two main reasons why we need to die to ourselves. We spoke of it. Pride. Idolatry. So those two things keep us from God. They keep us from his presence. Pride. This is why he said he set himself in battle array against the proud. See, but we think, well, no, I'm humble, I'm quiet, I'm a meek person. No, that's not me. No, no. He said self. You're self-centered. It's all about self. He said, this keeps you away from me, from entering my presence. Idolatry, he said, your desires keep you away from me. These are two main things that keep you away from the presence of God. Let's go to our foundation scripture here. Not going to keep you long. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10 through 14. It reads, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. This scripture here, I'm certain quite a few of us probably have heard this. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be manifested, made manifested in our body, always bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus Christ. See, this is not the reality. Is that the dying of Jesus Christ is to be a reality which makes you dead. And the making you dead is the working of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of the reality and the revelation that you died with Christ. This is the working of the death. It's no work that you have to do except to yield. He said the, the working of bearing the, about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is working the death of the Son, what was done on the cross, inside of you. He's working that miracle that happened when his Son took upon humanity and became 
part humanity and divinity, and then he died on your behalf and became sin. He said, he's working that miracle inside of you. Because that was a miracle for him to come in the form of man and take sin upon himself in your place and then die in your place. And so now to be commune and to be intimate with him, you must now have the reality of that miracle. So the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, is working that death, that same death inside of you. It's his only reality that you came through your mother's womb. That's what you can relate to. But he said, permit and allow this mind of Christ to be in you. So if you permit and allow the word of God in you, receive the word of God, then you allow him to work this miracle, death, inside of you. And you're able to be connected with him, one with him in his death, one with him in his suffering. Is reality that you are dead, but now he works the life of Christ inside of you to live by faith that you're dead. I'll see See, you're living by faith that you're dead. And you're living. By faith you were saved. By faith you died. And yet by faith you live through Jesus Christ. Oh, see. It's by faith. Your flesh is not what's ruling you anymore. He said, because I took upon me sin. That would work in the flesh would be the law, the taskmaster that you were under. But now I've come to abolish that law, to fulfill it now. He said, not by fear that you obey me, but now by love. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. What does that mean? For we which live are always delivered. He said you're always exposed. Delivered means you're always exposed. Because of the gospel that you preach. You deliver unto the death for, the, for, uh, for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So that your life now brings God glory because the life that you live now, you're living it through the gospel. And this is the suffering. See, I need you to understand that the word of God, the gospel in which we preach is the suffering. When you receive the word of God, he became sin. He was crucified on your behalf. When you eat that word, you become a part of that. You are now the word. And for his sake, now you bring him glory because you're now the walking gospel. So then, now is death working in us. Because by faith, I believe in 
in that miracle. I believe in the death and the resurrection of the son. And so that causes death to work within me, but life in you. So then, what are some of the practical implications of dying to self? What does it look like in practice? One, dying to oneself does not involve sacrifice. I know we've been teaching that. It's kind of twofold. Because we say, you know, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You must die. You must sacrifice. But when you sacrifice... This is the problem. That, okay, this is what we do. We, we, we sacrifice. Let's say, uh, I don't feel like coming to service, but I end up coming. end up coming, right? That's a, I guess maybe you consider that a sacrifice. So in doing so, it's not permanent. Because another time happened, you decide, I'm just not going to come. I don't feel like going, so I don't go. Sacrifice is not for us when we do it. It's not permanent. This is why it has to be done by love. Dying to oneself does not involve sacrifice, though it may seem like it is. It actually involves more of seeking God's will, which reflects the attitude of the heart. Rather than obeying his will over our own. So it has to be a heart attitude of my love for God. Because when you love someone, you just, you just do whatever, right? Okay. You don't see it as a sacrifice. Because when you see things as a sacrifice, that's not going to be ongoing. Because you can get tired of sacrificing. Exactly. Dying to oneself involves being motivated by love. You have to be motivated by love. You can obey God out of fear as opposed to love. And though you obey him, it will not result in a lasting giving of your life. Exactly. Because it was a sacrifice. It wasn't, it wasn't through love. We must strive to obey God because we love him and don't want to grieve him or cause him any pain. We must not make our wanting to avoid pain our chief motivation. Your motivation has to be, must be, is required to be because you love God. And for those that I know that truly love God, this is a side note. Why do the people who truly love God have so much endurance? Have so much fire and energy? How you just get no, you don't need sleep. You don't, see, so you're not, see, so you're, you're hungry, but you're not hungry for, for the natural food. What is it with those who truly love God? See, there's something else different that's imparted in them. 
When you really get there and when you really love God, see, there is something when the fuel seems like it's all out and you're running on your last bit that you're going just as fast as if you were on full. It's something about those who really love God. I don't know the difference. You're alert. You're on the edge of your seat. You can't wait for what's coming next. But when, you, when you're not really in love, see, it's the same when a person you're not really in love with, you're not really interested. In. And so when you take them out and you really kind of want to date her up in the end, right? Because, you know, this is not who you really want to be with. Looking at your watch, because this is not who I really want to be with. It's God. See, this is how we yawn. You're getting tired. You're stretching. You got to do all different kind of things because you know what? You're restless. He doesn't have my interest. But when you go on the date to somebody, you've been waiting like this is the one. I will not look for another. This is it. I mean, everything about your day. You know, you could, you could go all day talking to them, just looking at them. They don't have to say nothing. Look, just open the Bible and just look at the words. Just smile at the words. I haven't even read them yet. Just beautiful. Just look at the words. See, but that's how you feel about a person or thing. You stand back from your car, you, you wash it, step back from it, look at it again, look, look at it from a different angle. It's because there's something about that car that you admire. Your instruments, whatever, exactly, don't mind cleaning it. Don't mind being up with it all night, playing on instruments for those that uh, love to play on instruments. You, know, you, could, you could go all, have, have a concert. Would y'all go to sleep at uh, where you go to, you know, whatever events to where the musicians go and you, you're there for hours at a time? Do you, does anybody yawn and stuff? Are they getting tired? And, I mean, you do? Okay. Okay. Overall, I'm saying most likely. Overall, no, not overall. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Overall, overall. But just be with somebody who you really just enjoy being with. You just, you just can't get enough. But the word of God come for, I mean, your head all back. I mean, you just can't seem to hold up that heavy head. Oh, my Lord. Then my eyes, let me, let me stretch them some, look like I'm awake. Yeah. How can we always get that good this sleep This is how y'all church? look. Hey, teacher, you get that good sleep at church like you got a good whipping. And then Go after right the word sleep. is done, Pastor, then why is everybody energized? The kids, the kids, while they were sleeping, church is over, then they all talking, running all around. Where, where did all that come from? We read in the Maccabees when they dispersed. I just got some questions. I'm, my question is, who do you really love? Uh, I think we know. Uh, Ephesians, I want to go here real quickly. I didn't give this to you, Al, but it's 421 through 22. Oh, you do? Okay, glory to God. Uh, NLT, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature mm. and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. 
Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He says here, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. Again, if something's wrong with my way of thinking, it says that the Spirit, Holy Spirit, can renew my thoughts and my attitude. And if he raised Jesus from the dead, resurrected him from the dead, and he dwells in me, you tell me he cannot renew my thoughts and attitude? Then this cannot be the true and living God. Or I simply don't have his spirit. It says, let the spirit, let him renew. So that must mean that there's some resistance to the Holy Spirit on not allowing him to renew your thoughts and your attitude. He said, and put on your new nature. That's the only way you're going to put on your new nature if you let Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. You got the wrong attitude. He said, put on this nature, created to be like God. He said, this nature is that you are created to be like God. God is perfect. He's flawless. There's no imperfection in him. Truly righteousness and holiness set apart. He said, let me set you apart. See, when you try to separate from your friends, it's most difficult. He said, but let the Holy Spirit renew your mind first. See, you're trying to separate yourself from people on your own, but your mind has not been renewed by Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to do this because you can be right back with them again. He said, then I will give you the right attitude to have. Then this will set you apart. They will see you and know that, wait a minute. He's not talking the same, not thinking the same, not acting the same. And then they will separate themselves from you. You need to remember this. You're not new until you die. The Spirit is always looking for the word to move upon it. It's always looking for the word to move upon it. Things of heaven is never stagnated, always moving. God is looking for an opportunity to draw you to himself. He's looking for an opportunity for that. Don't miss the opportunity. And the opportunity is a visitation. Don't miss the visitation of God. You miss the visitation of God, you miss the opportunity to grow. There's three powers the enemy has. To tempt, accuse, prosecute. And I love this about Christ. He was not moved when he was being persecuted by the enemy. And that's because he said, When he left heaven, 
he left his reputation there. See, the enemy tries to come for your reputation, trying to come for who you are. He tries to redefine you. And when he does that, see, then he's able to tempt you because you're no longer aware of who you are. And Philippians 2, 7 says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness of man. He left his reputation in heaven. And so when the enemy tried to tempt him and say, you know, turn these stones into bread and, and you're supposed to be, if, if you are, you know, if you are the son of God. But he became his servant. He said, I left my reputation in heaven. You try to tempt me of who I am. Know who I am. John had a testimony of Jesus. He says that he had the spirit without measure. My question is, why don't we have the spirit without measure? How are we dying to self? You must die like he did. He gave all of himself then receiving all power. Do you want more anointing? Can you stand more of his presence? Do you want more of his power? Do you want more measure of his kingdom? Then we must die. We must die the same death that he died. I love this. Jesus was, see, there's a process in this dying. Jesus was baptized in Jordan, but he was processed. He was processed in wilderness, in the wilderness. See, you have to some a certain place. You must your the start of your death, but then there's a place of your final death. See, when you start dying, this is what what goes first. Is this? It's again the brain cells. Then it's your lungs. Last thing is the heart. Brain cells. See, brain cells. So the start of him, Jesus, when he went to Jordan to be baptized, and then Holy Spirit fell upon him as a dove. Then he had to go to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. But this wasn't his final death. That was his breathing, his lungs. But, but then in Gethsemane, where he went, and Gethsemane means this, press. He went to the place oppressed. He went to Gethsemane, the place oppressed, being pressed down. Everything heavy on your life, Every, the whole world. Everything you're going through. See, you got to go to a place to where you're pressed. You're pressed down with everything, your job, your children, the ministry, your spouse. Pressed. See, you got to get to the place of being pressed because this is where you say, 
nevertheless. I got to get to the place of nevertheless. See, you haven't gotten to the place of nevertheless yet. You're in the place of being pressed, some of us. But then the final stage, Gagatha. I got to get to the place of the dead. I got to get to a place where it looked like everything's against me and nothing's working. Everything's dead. This is my final death. This is the final stage of my death. But did you know the last thing that goes right before you die is your hearing? That's the last thing that goes. And he spoke to the Father. The last thing that goes is my hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He still could hear the Father as he was being crucified. He could still hear the victory that was just beyond Calvary. It has to be a process of your death. You have to receive the word of God. See, Jesus had a process, and he received the word of God because he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thou will be done. And because he received the word of God in the process, he was able to die. So you're hearing the word of God, but you're not receiving the word of God. So you can't die. We have to come under authority. We refuse to come under authority authority. We will leave a place because we refuse to come under authority. And they asked Jesus, under what authority do you speak? Under what authority do you do these miracles? And we got to be careful when it talks about authority. Why did they ask under who or what authority was he under? Because there's a fine line between darkness and the light. Is this under the authority of Satan? Is this some form of witchcraft? Under what authority do you speak? See, there's a difference between performing and authority. See, he was not performing. He was under authority. Jesus didn't come here with authority, but he came under authority. See, we have to get under authority. 
other words, he never exercised independent authority from his father's will. Every day he made sure he was compliant to the will of the father. To remain under authority, it means that you have to continue to die every day. To remain under authority means that you don't have a, a decision in the matter. Get this, the moment you stop dying, God stopped measuring it. When he stops, you'll be right back where you started. Supernatural accelerate. The natural decelerate. So when you go out there and sin, you decelerate. You're right back where you started. Coming up near the river. So he did say in Matthew 21, 23, where it says, by which authority? There has to be a distinction between power and witchcraft because there is a fine line. We have too much resistance. A dead man has no resistance. See, the enemy, when Jesus was uh, in the wilderness, the enemy was waiting for Jesus to come from under authority. If he can get you to come from under authority, he has full control and access of you. It's so important to remain under authority of Christ. The reality of the presence of God is based on your death. This is why God is not real to some of us, because most of us have not died to self. So it's not a reality. So the word is not working. And it can't work because you're not under authority. See, your physical body, it gives you conscious of the earth. That's all you know. But if this die, your reality of God becomes your reality. Your life of God becomes your reality. Right now, you are your own reality. This has to happen. We have to yield our mind and allow it to catch up with the spirit. Yield your mind to the word of God and allow it to catch up with your spirit. Pray until you break the sound barrier. Pray past where you normally pray. <laughs> pray in the Holy Spirit. For this cause I die daily. Pray until all your doubts are removed. Pray until you finally die. Die. 
die, die. Come under authority. Don't assume you have it all together. You must die, he said, to live in me. It's time to die. D-O-A, death on arrival. You must arrive in the presence of God dead. Get rid of self. This is why the word, a lot of what we've been hearing for years and years have not changed our life because we're looking for manifestation. And he said, you must get a revelation which brings the manifestation. Amen. Revelation is a revealed thing that you couldn't see that's able now to change your life. I really pray that what you heard today, because I haven't heard this. We, we hear about being crucified with Christ. We've heard that. But never the reality of this death. You have to visit your own death, be at your own funeral, and ensure that self has died today. Amen. So you can really be in the presence of God, the reality of being in the presence of God and experiencing his power. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, your life will really change for the better. I mean, everything around you, the people around you, your situation, you will not be moved by your situation because you have died. Self has died. My thoughts, my actions, because now the Spirit has now given me a new way of thinking, a new mindset, and a new attitude. Amen? The Word of God, I pray, that has made dynamic change in your soul, your suke, your your mind, your intellect. I pray that you've been educated by the Spirit of God. Amen? And that your life has changed forever. He simply wants us to die to self so you can fully live for him. The fullness and abundance that God has for us. No longer being in, in any type of deception, thinking that we're praying. He said, now it's a time that you're going to have to pray until you pray. Pray until you die. Pray until you die to self. Amen? Glory to God.